Hey, welcome to another episode of Your Child is Your Guide. Um, in this episode, we are sharing a bit about love being all there is, yet love also being a choice. And we also are sharing a bit in this podcast episode about the power of silence and the power of silence in the parent-child dynamic and the parent-child relationship. So the first 30 minutes of this podcast is me solo sharing on these two topics. And then I had the, um, the pleasure and the honor of speaking with Meg Ann and Melissa Frederick. Um, Meg Ann was um, on episode four, I believe. She is a parent coach among many other amazing things. And um, she very powerfully, very powerfully spoke to these two topics in this podcast episode. So I'm very grateful that she was available and took the time to share, um, to share with us her realizations, thoughts, and insights on love being all there is, yet love also being a choice and the power of silence in relationships and empowered communication as well. She shared a lot about empowered communication. Very beautiful. And then Melissa Frederick, um, who will be introduced in this episode and um, who spoke beautifully as well on those two topics from her own experience as being a mother of two, an entrepreneur um, and a very powerful coach. What I really felt called to speak on in this episode um, is it's a couple things coming through. One of which is, uh, love is love is all there is, and yet love is also a choice. I was going to make a TikTok about it, but it was like, uh-uh, a little bit longer, <laughs> a little bit longer for that one. So like love is, a, love is all there is, and love is a choice, and how that um, paradox, if you will, um, plays into the parent-child dynamic as I experience it. And then also another thing that I really want to speak on is, <laughs> another thing I want to speak on is silence. Um, so yeah, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm feeling called to speak on the silence aspect first. So, you know, when I speak about silence, um, and just how powerful silence is um, in parenthood, you know, I speak on it from a few different from a few different angles. Um, number one, silence being extremely powerful and potent, yet something that a lot of us may have a tendency to shy away from because we may be used to um, operating from the belief that if we don't speak on something, then we're not showing that we care. Or if I don't yell at um, you for doing what you did, or at least speak on you about it sternly, you're not going to get that, that there's an opportunity for growth and evolution here. I have to, because I'm your parent, I have to be the one to tell you right now what you did that was quote unquote wrong and all of the things, right? Um, or, you know, a lot of times when we, uh, you know, a lot of times when I speak on, you know, the power of walking away from our children when we are triggered, it's never coming from that intention of, of um, you just did something that pissed me off. So I'm going to walk away from you and I'm not going to talk to you for the next 30 minutes. See how you like that. You know, you just did something that irritated the shit out of me. So now I'm not going to talk to you. No, that is never where I am coming from 
when I speak to um, when I speak to uh, walking away from our children when we're triggered, what what I'm speaking about is the power of um, number one, how us being silent when our children does something that triggers us or does something where we would usually scream at them or yell at them or hit them or when our children do things that maybe our parents would have screamed at us and yelled at us or hit us for. When I speak on being silent in those moments, I'm speaking about just holding them in that silence, if you will, being there with them, even as our body processes any type of emotion or whatever may be happening within us energetically due to being triggered by what they did just being there, just being without feeling like we have to fix, just being there with them. And in doing so, allowing both my child and myself the opportunity to expand in our capacity to self-regulate and to to expand and grow and mature in that way in the presence of someone who loves us, you know? And, um, that, so that's what I'm speaking of when I speak about the power of silence in the parent-child dynamic, especially in those moments of being triggered. And then also like in those moments when we're triggered by our children, not hitting them with the silent treatment, like, I can't believe you just did that. I'm just not talking to you for the next day. No, um, <laughs> I'm speaking about knowing yourself. You've already, you have so much, we have so much data already at this point um, regarding our habitual tendencies, our unconscious behaviors and patterns, we have so much awareness of of what we typically tend to do when our partner does A, B, C, or what we typically tend to do when our child does X, Y, Z. We have enough data and information to be aware of what our typical reactions are in those moments. So it's using that data and information for the benefit of ourselves and our children, therefore our households, therefore our collective, therefore humanity, all right? That's how powerful and potent what you do moment to moment is. It doesn't just impact you, it impacts your peace and your intention and your ability to acknowledge that although love is all there is on an absolute level, relatively speaking, it's still a choice that we have to make. You can be aware that love is all there is and still act in ways that does not embody love or does not show compassion, you know? That's how dope this free, that's how dope freedom is. Freedom is that you're, you're going to be loved and supported no, mar- no matter what you do. You're going you're gonna to continue to be loved and supported. There, you know, blood's going to continue to flow through your veins without, your, without you taking any effort on your part, your organs are going to continue to work, you're going to continue to be supported, you know, so it's like recognizing that love is all there is, love is what is always going down in each moment with every breath that we take, but then recognizing that love is also a choice, therefore, and and the choices that we make moment to moment as we, in, in, in parenthood and in general, it seems like they just impact, you know, ourselves and our children, but no, because you make up this collective without you, like you are a, a piece of this, 
pie, you know, <laughs> you know, um, without you, a, a piece of this pie would be missing, you know, so like the, the, the peace and love emanating from your household due to your um, conscious and intentional decisions to choose love as much as much as we can, you know, in each moment that impacts everything, whether we're aware of that consciously or whether we see that or not. And it, so it's just like recognizing that we have this awareness at this point of our unconscious patterns. We know when we tend to like scream and yell, it's, it's it, it, their patterns at this point. So it's just recognizing that um, walking away, not to, not to give them the silent treatment as like vengeance or spite, but just realizing that I might hit you right now. And because I know I might hit you right now, and because I'm choosing love, I'm walking away. And I know that, you know, I know that it might seem like I'm walking away because I'm mad at you, but that's not it. And I, I, we can even authentically express this to our children. Our children are giving us so many opportunities to, uh, you know, to, to stretch in our capacity to uh, authentically express ourselves. And so it's like, we don't have to do all of this without letting them, in, letting them in on what's going on. You know, if our children can handle being hit, screamed at, yelled at, et cetera, they can definitely handle some authentic expression um, along the lines of, dude, I love you so much. I am, an I am annoyed right now. I am triggered right now. And if I stay here, I'm going to blame you for it. If I stay here right now, I'm going to blame you for it. I'm going to shame you for it. And I might hit you, scream at you or yell at you. And I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to walk away right now and I'm going to go calm down and then I'm going to come back and talk to you and, and, you know, or anything's going to happen, right? When we, when we walk away from our child or our partner or anything that has been a catalyst or that has triggered us, when we walk away from that with the intention to calm ourselves and to relax our, ourselves and to align with, with the peace and presence of this moment, when we do that, it's a gateway opens up, so to speak, where infinite possibilities are available as to how we can, the path is no longer narrow when we allow ourselves that time to pause and breathe and relax, it, it, we're no longer limited to just hitting our kids, screaming at them or yelling at them anymore. No, when we walk away, when we walk away, sit down, breathe, conscious breaths, bringing our awareness to our inhale and our exhale. When we do that, we open up after we are operating from more clarity and peace due to sitting down and calming ourselves, we now have way more options available to us that we are we can be aware of as to how to respond to our children, you know? So it's like, well, I don't know, you know, we don't know if when we take a couple minutes to go pause and breathe that we're actually going to come back and talk, speak on this situation. We may come back and notice that our children are happily playing and we're feeling good and we may have a, in, we may have like this, this desire to like just start cooking dinner and you, to not address what was happening at hand or to address it later, you know? And so there's a lot of power in, in, in silence. There's a lot of power in walking away as a way to choose love, um, not to be vindictive or spiteful or mean, but walking away as, as, a, as, a, as a, just a powerful tool in our tool belt to choose love, you know? Because I think a lot of the time we may operate from this belief that, oh, that's my partner, so duh, I love them. 
that's my wife. That's my husband. I, of course I love them. Duh. Like that doesn't need to be, I don't need to choose that daily. They're my partner. So of course I love them. Or that's my child. This is ridiculous. Choose love. That's my child. I don't need to choose anything. So what is Michelle talking about? Choose. It's a choice. I love them. No, we have to choose. <laughs> we have to choose. Ooh, it can get really, really tricky and dicey when we're not, when we don't think that this is a choice. And, if, you know, I have also, um, they, I have operated from that as well, of course, thinking that I don't have to choose. I'm already on this path. I, of course, um, I love, I love everyone and everything. All is one, right? We're all connected. <laughs> no, we are, but it's kind of like, you still got to choose. You still got to choose. Because I can be feeling just so much joy and peace and bliss. And I can still, I can still not listen to somebody who's talking to me. I can still um, not engage with compassion. I can still it's just, there's, there's so much freedom in the moment. And just because, just because we, you know, understand a lot of things conceptually, or we, we label our partner as our partner, or we know our children are our children. It doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that we're automatically choosing love in everything that we do. It, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's like, love is all there is, but it's still a choice. It's still a choice. And it's like the more, the more that we make it a point to intentionally choose love with our children, you know, the more that that is what we're going to do with everyone else, right? Um, of course, the things that I speak about both on TikTok, Instagram, and, 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 and anywhere that I speak regarding uh, parenting, of course, everything that I speak on regarding parenting also can be applicable to any other relationship dynamic. So it's like, why do I hone in on the parent dynamic. It's because number one, I'm a mom. <laughs> number number two, number two, a lot of the times, a lot of times um, some of us parents can feel like it is the parent-child dynamic that is hindering our uh, spiritual evolution, if you will, or just our growth in awareness and just our own expansion. Um, a lot of the times we can maintain that peace in you know circles with our peers or other communities and with other other people, but when it comes down time to um, taking care of or communicating with our children, sometimes it can be like, well, this is where I have to leave my peace because I have to discipline or I have to punish or I have to. I, this is this is the one place in my life, the one area where I cannot. All that peaceful stuff has to go out the window in order for me to be an effective parent. And I, I used to I used to be afraid of that and believe that too at one point until I started to realize that no, it's where we double down on, um, it's where we double down on the peace. It's where we double down on everything. Um, it's in that parent-child dynamic where it seems almost impossible to maintain our peace um, in order to be effective and efficient and productive as parents. And it's like our children are giving us more opportunities throughout the day than anyone else on this planet for us to really meet ourselves where we're at and to break through to more peace and love. And the more that we utilize the parent-child dynamic as that incubator and accelerator, um, 
uh, regarding our own heart opening, the easier it is and the more likely we are to do that in other areas of our lives with other people. So it's kind of like the boot camp of all boot camp camps, the training ground of all training grounds as far as our heart opening and um, uh, continuing to have that intention of choosing love is concerned. And so you know, it's it's just choosing daily, choosing choosing love daily, and and with as many moments as we can with our children, um, and utilizing um, being a mom and being a dad as that ultimate ultimate love boot camp. You know, <laughs> um, and it's one of the one of the most powerful tools in in my tool belt with my own child has definitely been doing the one thing that was always hard for me to do as a child and a teenager and even in my 20s was to walk away <laughs> that was the hardest thing to do walk away this person is we're having a conversation and they're not seeing things the way i want that i know logically makes sense or that I feel logically makes sense. Nah, we're about to have a five-hour conversation until I can get you to see what I'm saying. Walk away, <laughs> not walking away. Or partner is arguing or debating with us. <laughs> we're gonna be, we'll be arguing for weeks until you see what I'm trying to say, you know? And it's so much suffering, man. Oh gosh, it was so much suffering. Same with my mom. You know what I'm saying? Just it's so much suffering when we won't walk away. It's one of the hardest things to do. And like if I did walk away when I was a child or a teenager in my 20s, when I did walk away, it was usually out of spite. Oh, I'm going to delete your number and I'm, I'm going to block you and I'm not going to talk to you for like two weeks. <laughs> that was that was walking away, you know, and you know, so it wasn't always easy for me to walk away um, from my daughter either in the beginning when she was two and a half and stuff. But I realized that if I didn't give myself those opportunities to calm myself, I was going to continue to, instead of choosing love, I was going to continue to just habitually react over and over and over and then feel the guilt and the regret about my reactions over and over and over again you know it was going to be a never-ending cycle if one of us didn't decide to walk away and and level up energetically meaning raise my own vibration by walking away sitting down playing a song i like or just consciously breathing and elevating my putting my hand on my heart and just elevating my energy from the depths of anger and rage and guilt and shame and elevating it up to like more optimism and peace when i do that then i'm allowed then i'm allowing myself to th therefore operate from more clarity peace and optimism as opposed to staying in those lower energies and and you know you know continuing to perpetuate the cycles of screaming yelling hitting etc and so it was recognizing that if one of us don't when my daughter was two and a half and three it's like if one of us doesn't walk away <laughs> this is not gonna stop and she's two and a half, three, four years old. Why would it be on her to walk away, to be mature enough to, you know, to really, to really to tap into her emotional intelligence and be like, hmm, I'm going to be the bigger person here. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> she's two and a half. She's three. It's not on her. It's not on her. 
it's totally my responsibility to embody um, emotional intelligence and to choose love to my to the best of my ability. Um, it's totally on me. That's totally my responsibility. It's never going to be the responsibility of anyone else in my life, not just my child, my partner, my children, my, my parents, my peers. It's never going to be on them to choose. I don't care even if they are operating from a high level of, of awareness themselves. It doesn't matter. It's never on anyone else to, to, choose, to choose love as far as my experience is concerned. What other people choose and is their responsibility. What I choose is mine. And so if I am, if I have identified that I am indeed passionate about peace and passionate about choosing love and passionate about no longer suffering in moments I just don't have to, then there, I am also the one that is responsible for choosing love and for walking away when I notice that I'm at a point where I'm liable to scream, yell, or hit someone. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. It's my responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's my responsibility. It is never on anyone else. Well, Michelle, what if you choose love and you walk away peacefully and then you come back and that person is still operating how they're operating? You do it again. We do it again. We keep it going. We keep on choosing love. If I gotta walk away, if I gotta walk away from my daughter 10 times before she meets me in my peace, that's what we're gonna do. If I have to not even just walk away, just sit down right there in front of her and just focus on my breathing and just put my hand on my heart and just really, really prioritize my peace silently while she has a meltdown or while, she, while she's screaming and yelling or, or whatever she's doing. If I have to just sit there and, and, and sit there for five minutes, you know, before she meets me in my peace, that's what I got to do because what's the alternative? We're aware of our alternative. Anyone listening to this, including myself, I'm aware of the alternative and I'm tired of the alternative. You get to a point where you're sick and tired of complaining and whining about, about like I, I, get to a, I got to a point where I was sick and tired of feeling guilt and regret about my choices. That's something I experienced when I was a high functioning, a high functioning alcoholic, meaning when I would abuse alcohol, I knew I was abusing it. Nobody else in my life called me an alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? But I knew I was abusing alcohol. I knew there was a point where I knew I was abusing weed. You know, I knew I was abusing it. Right. And it wasn't benefiting me. Both both substances were not benefiting me. And I got to same thing with cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? I got to a point with all of those at one point uh, at varying different times, multiple different times within my life where I got sick and tired of complaining and whining about the effects of alcohol or complaining and whining about weed and, and my abuse, me abusing it and the effects of my abuse of it. I got sick and tired of, you know, um, you know, cigarettes, you know, and, and, and it wasn't until I was sick and tired of being sick and tired that I started to play with doing things differently. And the parent-child dynamic and screaming, yelling, and hitting our kids, I have found is no different. We get to a point, all of us, at some point, 
um, if you're listening to this, at some point we get to a point where we are more tired of our suffering and screaming and yelling and, and guilt and regret from our actions towards our children and just the suffering feeling we feel um, uh, responding and acting in those ways. We get to a point where we're more sick and tired of that than we are of our children whining and crying and screaming and doing whatever they're doing. And it's when we all get, it's when we get to that point where we're where we're ready to start playing around with with all of these other tools um, of, that are now available to us um, regarding how to handle these triggering moments that that are you know different than screaming, yelling, and hitting them in those moments. You know, and 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 you know. Everybody is different. Everybody is going to get sick and tired of suffering in the parent-child dynamic when they get sick and tired. And that's okay. Everybody, everybody is unfolding and growing in their own perfect and divine timing. You know, there is no rush. There is no, how can there be a rush when we don't even know, how can, how can there be a rush when we don't even know if we're gonna be alive tomorrow? <laughs> What's, there's no rush. You can't fuck up on this evolution thing, I don't think, you know? I don't think that you can really mess this up. I know that we may hear pressure from even the different communities and different people about, you know, the world needs to wake up and we gotta hurry and people need this, you need people, we need more peace now, now, now. And, and I get that, but this can't be rushed. Us operating from more love and more peace and, and all of that can't be rushed. Just like it took us, it took us a lifetime to have these patterns deeply ingrained within us of screaming, yelling, and hitting. Like this is all shit that we learned. This is all stuff. We came out that when we came out of our parents' wombs, we did not come out of our parents' wombs saying, oh yeah, I'm here. One day old, not even a day old. And I'm just going to be mean. I'm going to be mean to my mom. When I have kids, I'm going to be super mean. I'm going to scream. I'm going to yell. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hurt my partner. I'm going to hurt my kids. We didn't. I'm going to. We didn't. We didn't come out the womb saying that. <laughs> we did not. We didn't. No one. No one listening to this. No one came out of their parents' womb saying that. No one came out of the womb with that intention. These patterns that we are so tired of in regards to how we react to our children, we learned this. We learned it. Whether it was from our parents, grandparents, whether it was from society, whether it was from what we saw on TV, whether it was what we read in books, we learned it for many, 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 many years. So we have to be easy and gentle on ourselves as we unlearn it and relearn different ways of operating that are more in align with our peace in our hearts. Do you want anything? Do you want a hug? I love that, that threefold thing right there. It's so powerful with our kids. Oh my gosh, do you need anything? Do you want anything? Do you need a hug? Just asking them that randomly throughout the day. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful because it allows them to like really feel into that and then express to us what they're needing and wanting. So it's they're less likely to have like random outbursts of like screaming and yelling because they haven't expressed their wants or their needs. So I have had so much fun these past few weeks playing with asking those three questions randomly throughout the day. Oh, it's been so powerful. But but it's like, if my child is following me when I'm trying to go have some peace um, so that I don't react um, unconsciously and she's following me, it's like, boom, 
Do you need anything? Do you want anything? Do you need a hug? And then it's like, damn, do I need to go sit down and, and do myself my little two minutes of peace? Do I even need it right now? And then you get to feel into what's needed and called for in that moment because now both of you guys have given yourselves some, some, um, some love. And because when you hug your child or when you, when you extend yourself in that way to someone else, do you need anything? Do you want anything? Do you need a hug? You're also giving all of that to yourself as well as you give it to them or as you extend that to them. And all of this, calms your nervous system and calms your energy and everything as well. So it's just, we have so many opportunities, man. And, and we have so many opportunities available right now. Um, uh, especially since a lot of us on the planet are open to these conversations and opening, open up, have opened up to even seeing parenthood as this um, opportunity to expand in love you know, it's, it's just, it's just wild. It's wild and it's beautiful, you know? So love is all there is, but it's also a choice and we have to choose, we have to choose it. And then choosing, and then choosing love consciously and then choosing peace deliberately and intention, intentionally and consciously, we all, it's going to be uncomfortable, ma'am. It gets uncomfortable. It's not always going to feel easy. It's not. It's not. Sometimes you're going to feel, sometimes you're going to feel weak. You're going to feel like you've just surrendered to a two-year-old and the ego is not going to like that. So sometimes it's not going to like that. But we get to a point where we're just like, damn, I could die today. Today could be my last day. Am I really trying to flip out about this thing? Am I really trying to suffer? Am I, is this really worth me? Is this worth me suffering? That's really what it boils down to is a lot of what we suffer daily about regarding in our, in our relationships with our partners and our children, is, is a lot of that even worth our suffering in the first place? Or is it just an opportunity for us to master our communication skills? You know, that's really what it, it is. It's like my daughter does something right now and it's like, I get triggered and it's like, okay, is this worth me spazzing out about? Or is this an opportunity for me to learn how to, for me to enhance my, my communication skills beyond where they currently are and to communicate with her right now um, about something, you know, in a way that I would want to be communicated with? And to, is this an opportunity? Is, is, this, is this something for me to suffer over? Or is this an opportunity for me to show her what's possible regarding communication, to show her that it's possible to communicate? Um, with another person, regardless of what happened from a place of peace and love and authenticity, you know, not suppressing what I have to say, but saying it in the way that I would have loved my parents to have spoken to me when I did that same thing as a child, you know, it's just so many opportunities for us to open up to more love and you can never go back. It's the most fun thing in the world. You can never go back. It's so rewarding. You can never go back. Every time that we open up to more love in moments that it's difficult and uncomfortable, it, we never go back. We have opened up to more love and that's gonna impact all areas of our lives. And it doesn't matter if we react unconsciously five minutes from having opened up to more love. It doesn't matter. You don't lose those points. You don't lose those love points. You just gain more data and you gain more awareness and you gain more, you gain more 
more of an awareness of like it, it, when we react, we just gain more of an awareness of how we want to continue to react and respond to life or, or we have or we gain more awareness of the, the ways in which we don't want to continue to react and respond to life. And then we keep it moving and we keep it moving and we keep going and we keep on getting opportunities to break through to more peace and more love. And we keep getting more opportunities to show ourselves self-compassion and self-forgiveness in those moments that we may react in ways that we know we don't want to anymore. It's like, you can't lose. You can't lose. You can't lose. We can only continue to grow. And although we may be under the assumption that because these are our children, we're choosing love automatically, in my experience, it benefits us tremendously to not see it that way, to see that, yes, these are my children and I love them, but I still have to choose love. And a lot of times silence is just one of the most beautiful ways in which we can choose love, especially when we're highly triggered by something someone or our children have said to us or done. Sometimes silence is such a beautiful way to choose that love. Not silence again to give them the silent treatment, but just silence because we may be aware that any words that may come out of our mouths at that moment would not be a, a, a choosing of love. It's, it's so funny how a lot of the most simple quotes that a lot of us heard as children, it's almost like we all heard them and we all just kind of like brushed it away and we're like, I, I get it, but like, you can't possibly mean literally like, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Sounds good. <laughs> you don't mean that literally, do you? Like, yeah, <laughs> life gets kind of fun when we take it literally. Or don't say anything. What's the other one? Uh, don't say anything. If, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's like, it sounds good, but you don't mean that literally, right? Uh-uh, that's not what I see in the world. So you can't mean that literally. And it's like, yeah life gets really, really fun when we take that one literally too. So the power of silence, power of walking away, power of authentic expression with our children, letting them know where we're at and seeing that love is all there is, but love is also definitely a choice. All right, guys. So I am about to introduce Meg Ann. She is an amazing, amazing parent coach among many other things. There will be an introduction of her as we get into the conversation that I was able to have with her. This next portion of the episode will be a conversation between Megan and I. I'm so excited. Hi, Meg Ann. How are you? I'm doing well. <clears throat> so awesomeness. So excited for you just showing up at such a short notice. Um, <laughs> that tends, that's tending to be a theme on this podcast for now, uh, which I like because I like the rawness of it. Um, my second or third episode was with um, a close friend, um, Marissa Ginty, and uh, it, she didn't know about it until like 10 minutes before, 10, 20 minutes before. So um I thought about that um, when you messaged me and I was like, yes. And then I was like, you know what? I love this energy. It was like, I'm here. I'm available. I would have been sad had I missed it. Or like, like if that's like, when you know, it's like, yes, take the invitation. And then also a reminder, like, it doesn't have to be so formal. Like it doesn't no, have no, to no. be. 
Yeah, and you know what's really wild because as I was saying that earlier, it's kind of like, well, I can totally see how it can be like a disrespecting someone's time, but when you're, I'm coming, I guess it's coming from this place of just knowing the right ones are going to take the invitation and it's not the right ones and like some hierarchy thing. It's like who it's meant for, who this conversation is meant for and like the creation of it. And it's almost like seeing that it's actually more beneficial for it to be more raw and, and informal and not staged. And you, you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying because also too, I'm just like, this just feels so good. And I'm like, I love like these moments. Um, it reminds me yesterday I was out with my sister and her family and we went out to a restaurant and I just chose to get a drink and was just like nibbling off of the things that was like shared. I didn't yeah. order anything. And they're like, you don't want anything to eat. And I was like, no, I do want to, I do want to eat something, but I didn't want like a heavy meal. And she's like, well, we could have gone somewhere else. And I was like, I love you so much, but I am empowered enough to say I've made my choice and this is my choice. So even if the message came through and I wasn't able to do it, that's still within my choice. You know, to say like, no, now is not, now is not the good time. I love this idea. Circle back to me. I think that's coming from a place of knowing like you are able to say no. And it's yes. not personal to you. It's not personal to me. And it's wild because it's okay. So what happened was this morning I had a message that came through. Well, I had a couple things that I wanted to discuss, but when I went to go create like a TikTok, I was like, something was like, no, this isn't for TikTok. This is like podcast that, you know, a little bit lengthier. And, you know, with this, particular podcast what I'm really feeling strongly is I I don't want so even though I I already did the podcast which was about about 30 minutes or so of me talking it's just something about just the community and like I'm reaching out to those women and and, uh, possibly of course men in the future where I know that I can reach out to you guys in 10 minutes and I know that if you guys are down you're down and if you're not it's not personal it just wasn't meant to happen right and you know and it's just it's just I know that this this particular podcast it just feels like it's meant to be more than just my voice you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's you know it, it's so it's really especially when we're talking about these particular topics I feel like it's really beneficial to to not just hear just my ramblings about this it's really more fun to hear like you guys too and so so this is Meg Ann. She's on podcast number four, I believe, um, episode four. Uh, that's where you can find us talking um, a, a lot more, a, a little bit longer, well, much longer than than what this this chat will be about. But I still want to introduce her a bit. Um, and yes, so you can find out more about her. There's going to be a link below where you, um, on below the podcast where you can find out more about her. But um, according to Meg Ann from her website and from what I've seen and, and, and listened to and, and gotten to know of her through her content, um, Meg Ann loves working one-on-one with parents, children, teens to get them to the place in life that they wish to be, but maybe having a hard time achieving on their own. Coaching, in Meg Ann's words, is about building a relationship of trust together and working together to build a more positive relationship between your family. She has stated, I am honored every day to be doing the work that I do. And um, that shows and is felt through what I see of her. So um, Meg Ann, if you would like to uh, say anything about what you've got going on um, before I ask you those questions, um, anything at all. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love hearing how other people perceive me. I mean, maybe that's my like, like ego stuff. I'm like, yeah, how do you see me? And then it's like, <laughs> ah, check for alignment. Like, yes, that is. And like hearing my words back. I'm like, yes, it does feel so good. Yeah. So I was lost there. Uh, anything going on? Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited to be here. 
Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay, so the message that came through earlier that I had already, you know, recorded um, for about 30 minutes or so was just really strongly this past week or so what I've been really feeling um, through and just processing in different ways is how love is all there is. But love is also a choice. So it's just like, you know, and, and how that's been playing a role in the, the parent-child dynamic with my own daughter is recognizing that it's so easy for us to have this belief that, you know, that's my child or that's my partner or that's my friend. So it's kind of like, so duh, I love them. So I don't, it doesn't, it's not a choice, right? But it's kind of like when I'm, op when I was operating from not seeing it as, as an actual intentional choice, I was more likely to operate unconsciously because I wasn't consciously making that choice. I was just kind of like seeing how that's my friend. Duh, I love them. So I don't have to choose. That's my daughter. Duh. So basically everything I do or say is coming from that love because they're because they're my kid. But then you know, so I spoke I a bit know. on how Yeah. So I spoke a bit on how, you know, love is all there is, but it's also a choice. And I would just love for you to share your take on love being all there is, but also that conscious choice. Aspect. Mm. Um, <laughs> I laugh because it's like, oh man, just this morning, like maybe say 20 minutes before you sent me that message, my husband and I were talking yesterday, we got into a disagreement and it blew up and it was not fun. It was, it wasn't a fun experience for either one of us. And so this morning we wake up and we're like being, trying to be extra lovey to each other and extra, extra, like close and connected. And like that pings up like a like a defense in me. I'm like, mm -mm -mm. and he's like, well, I was like, I'm always like this. And I'm like, mm -mm, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't like this yesterday morning when you woke up. And I was like, let's go back to yesterday morning before we had like the blow up, before we had like the disagreement, what was going on yesterday morning? He was like, oh, I woke up and was like, oh, the coffee's not made. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. criticism. Oh, you're not going to go to your appointment. I had to reschedule the appointment today. Oh, you're not going to there. Like mm, criticism. It was like, you were not in this space of like where you are now being like, Oh, can I get you anything? Can I get you some water? This, you know, this, this space. And, and he was like, you're right. I, I didn't, I wasn't. And I was like, we, we all have those moments of like, um, where we get comfortable, right. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. But then when we get comfortable, if we've been conditioned into not like taking things for granted, then we can excuse those, like, well, I don't have to treat you nice all the time because it's like, it's okay. I can like wake up and ask you why the coffee's not made. And like, that's not a big deal. It's just me being curious. Right. And I'm like, mm, mm. so I think it's like reattuning back into that space of being like, when did I, when did I get comfortable to the point of asleep? And when do I need the alarm to come back and be like, oh, Yep. I need to make the conscious choice to wake up a little bit. And it's not to villainize. Like I wasn't, we, we don't have to villainize ourselves, but it's just in a moment to be like, where am I falling asleep in this relationship versus like, where do I need to like stay a little bit awake? And I think that that's like a, a good sign of trust to be able to have that, like going to sleep and coming back. And it's and a sign of trust to have that relationship with each other to say, Hey, I think I need to be at an alarm right now because I'm feeling like you're, you're going to sleep right now. Mm. And <clears throat> that's like kind of just this morning, having that conversation of just, it's finding that balance. And sometimes, you know, there's, sometimes there's, I want to be awake and he wants to be asleep and he wants to be awake and I want to be asleep. And, 
and those moments of just uh, recalibrating together so that you know that you're both on uh, uh, synchrony within. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's kind of like with my child, I had to get honest with myself and realize that I need that reminder often. <laughs> Like I, I had to get honest with myself and say that, you know, I, I need to remind myself often that love is a choice because if it's my responsibility, right, she's, she's six. And so even when she was two and a half, three, four, five, um, it's kind of like, am I really going to expect her to sit down and breathe and say, love is all there is, but love is a choice and I have to choose. <laughs> like, I, she's, she's six that's it's on me and she might not have the conscious desire to choose love she's six I'm the one who through grace have this desire to choose peace and to choose love so it's on me it's on me completely right and um which is cool because that means that I'm um, uh, in control so to speak of of how aware I am of making that choice so um beautiful Beautiful. If if you have nothing else to share about love is a choice and love is all there is, I have another. I have the other second question for you. I think you know what I want to add to that. I think that yeah. what I just heard is something that I've been like really kind of softening into that that like space of um, like my husband and I. We have shared power. Like we are both adults. We are both consenting adults. We are both equal playing field. But when we enter into parent child relationship, the adult always has the power and privilege. Mm. And, and that's something that is widely unconscious, right? Mm. We think that we own them. They are from us. They are ours. They are mine. I don't have to show you love. You know, I'm love because I look at the house. We look not to say this is your experience, but like, look at the house, (sighs) the house we live in. Like, look at, look at, I take deep breaths because I love you so much. Right. Mm. And, And like pulls into like, um, I do all of these things. Why do I need to be nice to you? Or why do I need to like give you the benefit of the doubt? Look around. You feel my love. I give you the food. I give you the water. I take you to school. I get you the backpacks. I get you the things. I sit down. I ask if you need help. I tie your shoes. Do you know how many times I kissed your boo-boos? Why are you even questioning that love? And we get into our defense in that versus softening and say, hey, in this time, all they're saying is that they're upset. All they're saying is that they are frustrated. And if we take a pause and say, okay, what is it that they're learning in this moment? They're learning how to receive love when they are feeling upset. And that's Mm -hmm. such a powerful place because that's what you want them to take into their paralleled relationships. Mm -hmm. Is this power to speak up and say, it's not just the things around me. It's not just the things you give me. It's, it's, It's the experience of being able to hold me in my messy moments and not transfer my mess to you. And ooh, is that, that is a powerful like cycle to become aware of because you pausing in that to take the deep breaths and be like, you don't have to take them. I'm going to give you permission. Don't take them. If it's not right, don't, but guess what? It's right for me right now. And I am now you're disciplining. You're showing her when someone else isn't wanting to do what you want to do, what's right for you do it because it's not about them. It's about you and finding that peace. I know you speak about reclaiming your peace all the time. Like that's you modeling for her, the work it takes to reclaim your peace. 
separate from anyone, no matter their labels. Oh, sovereignty, that's what comes up, sovereignty. So that's what, when you're sharing that to me, that's what I heard in that is like, dang, Mm-mm. it'd be great if we talk about the backpacks. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's, that's all I have to say on that. I'm just taking a moment. <laughs> that was very powerful. That I think very for a long time I've wrestled with like being in the space and not having that label as parent. Mm-hmm. And I think that to this, to the point, I've never gone to sleep in that relationship. Mm. <sighs> Meg Ann, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and uh, so the next question um, was going to be the, the power of silence. So um, one of the things that I spoke on earlier in the in this particular episode was just just lately I've just really been appreciating so much, so much the power of silence, but also distinguishing between when you're triggered and you're like, it, like not the silence of when you're triggered. And so it's like vindictive and spiteful, like, oh, you want to annoy me? I'm not talking to you for 30 minutes. Or, oh, you want to annoy me? I'm going to walk away to, um, like to show you, you know, how angry I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, spe- that's never, I know, I know. About. <laughs> like, you know, I'm speaking about the power of silence and our power of walking away in the sense of like, and just my appreciation has deepened so much for it lately of just like when my child is is doing something and it triggers me or it's just she's just doing something of a pattern of sorts and it's just just being there silently as opposed to feeling the need to fix it with words or to fix it with actions to just be there and just through that experiencing the potency of silence and ha- and silence's ability for both of us to expand in our capacity to self-regulate and um, just how it, it just can recalibrate your whole environment just by you choosing to be silent. And something that came through earlier in the podcast was kind of like how, you know, some of those simple sayings that we heard as children, like if we take them literally, how magical they are. And one of them that came through was, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's like to actually live that literally with your children or with your partner. Um, <laughs> it's It's like, it's so powerful. And so I've just been really feeling into the power of silence um, as a way to, um, to speak, you know? Um, and, and so I wanted you to share anything on in your experience with silence um, and, and, and silence in regards to parenting or just the benefits or the fruit of silence in your experience. So said argument with spouse. <laughs> was yesterday morning we were out for a walk with my dog and I said something I was sharing an uncomfortable thing and my husband responded by being like oh yeah and what about this other uncomfortable thing and then I was like why do you got to bring that up now like why why you got to and it activated him and then he turned in cold shoulder started walking ahead of me and then being like I'm just walking the dog mbd no big deal again and like was like you I'm I can be warm I can be I can talk and he started like acting out of that space. And that was like, I was like, mm, this is not an empowered silence. This is, you're punishing me right now. You're punishing me. You're, you're cold shoulder. You're walking ahead of me. You're punishing me. And I do not appreciate it. And he was like, I just needed some space. 
I will always honor space. I will always honor silence. When done from an empowered place with the intention to regulate yourself. Mm. And again, I want to talk to you right now. I'm not able to right now. If I say some words right now, they're going to be super hurtful. I'm, I'm going to walk away. I love you so much. I have no idea how much time it's going to take, but I need to walk away so that I don't say things that are going to rupture. And I say this because like, this is, it's hard. It's hard to walk away before the rupture, right? Not that there's not to villainize the rupture. Cause I think there's beauty in the repair and the, and the uh-huh. reconnection and the coming back. But when we're creating the same rupture over and over again, because we are unwilling or unwanting or unaware of the steps that we can take to be proactive in that, if he needed space or if he was needed to walk ahead of me, he says, Hey, again, I love you so much that I'm going to walk ahead of you for the rest of this block and check in with me on the corner. So then I'm not there wanting and confused. Did I do something wrong? I understand. I understand it's to this point. I understand that we're both sharing space until this point. And, and in that silence, it's not silence where he's stewing. Oh, she was rude to me. Duh, duh, duh. I can't believe duh, duh. like all those things that those stories, he's aware of the stories and he's doing work to meet himself in that silence. And I think sometimes silence is a very scary place to be because silence means that you're going to hear your truth. Uh-huh. And sometimes we don't want to hear that truth. Sometimes we want to put distance between us and that truth. But when we put distance between you and that truth, then that truth persists. It just hides. It gets uh-huh. creepy. It gets, it goes into the shadows. It gets meaner. It gets bigger. It gets who hold the space, allow, give, give the fear, the mic, let it, let it air it out so that you are aware of it. And something I wrote down earlier, I wonder if I'll be able to, Oh, yep. Here it is. <laughs> Awareness invites myself to be accountable. And sometimes we want to avoid that so much because we are used to accountability means punished, wrong, isolated, shamed. So I think silence in an empowered space, understanding the work that's being involved is such freaking privilege and gift. I call it the gift of pause. You give it to yourself, the gift of pause. And sometimes it is like, sometimes just having that gift of pause happens in retrospect, like happens in like reflection of like, oh, here's where I could have given myself a pause, right? And meet yourself there. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's like the, the, the pause is like the width of like a, a piece of hair, right? It comes so quick. At least I thought about the pause and then I can start to like exploit that pause a little bit and start to strengthen that muscle. So then I can come to a place to be like, I am going to say a bunch of stuff that I don't want to say, and I'm going to walk away so that I can take care of mine because it's not you. I love you so much, but this is me right now. And then we can come back to, to solve this problem together. It is hard and uncomfortable and, and soup and therefore probably why it's the most rewarding thing on the planet the more that we continue to commit to it and choose. Dina, I have a, an email challenge um, starting on Monday and the lesson one that gets set is what is hard is unpracticed. That's why it's hard. Mm. What is easy is practice. Mm. That's why it's easy. So what are the (laughs) things that are hard is get the pause hard. Well, let me, let's assess. Why is it hard? It's not because there's a fallacy of you. Mm. it's hard because it's unpracticed because you've never practiced it before. So it makes sense to me why it's hard. 
What's easy mm -hmm. is yelling, blaming, snapping. Is that easy? Well, how much have you practiced it? Well, that makes sense to me why it's easy. It's not because you're bad or wrong or unworthy or the villain. That's the space to say, oh, every time I pick up a screwdriver, I pick up a hammer because that's what's comfortable. And so I can take the work, the confusion, to be confused, to do it wrong, to do it messy, to say, well, hammer, nope, not hammer. I want the screwdriver. This is the right tool. As soon as the, the screwdriver weight will feel different in your hand, the grip will feel different. The motion you do will feel different. The outcome will be different. Everything will be different. A whole and new life. It's, it's a whole new life. Stepping into the unknown. And that's why, you know, that's why this whole gentle parenting, conscious parenting, all of that, it's, 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 you know, we talk about it a lot, but, and it can be understood, um, uh, on a, um, cognitive. it can be on, yes, thank you. It can be understood on a cognitive level to the depths, right? But when we start to actually apply it, it's, we're stepping into the unknown here. And you, you know, when you, when you pause in those moments, habitually, when you start to pause in those moments, you are constantly stepping into the unknown. Therefore, there's this gateway of infinite possibility and you don't know what your next move is. You're no longer operating from that learned pattern anymore. You are in the unknown, therefore creating newness in your life. And sometimes that can be, it can be very, very scary until over time it becomes very, very fun. And, um, and exciting, um, but still can be scary. I mean, it's never ending scary than fun, <laughs> you know? It's just newness. And it can be definitely, it can definitely be hard. Circle it all the way back to the first question. Mm -hmm. When in that activation, right? Your child mm -hmm. who you love so much, so much that you kick into survival mm -hmm. to protect them, mm -hmm. right? I've made it this far doing what feels safe and comfortable. What's easy. You're making me feel uncomfortable. That's pinging up survival. That's, that's your lower brain activating that that's just survival. Let me get back in line to what is comfortable and known so that we can feel calm and peace. And what the best gift of love to tell your child, it is safe to be uncomfortable together because I know I am safe. Uh. Beautiful share. Very grateful to have had that time to speak with Megan. Um, if you guys want to contact her or reach out to her, find out more about her, you'll be able to do so by clicking the links down below. In this final segment, I will be speaking with Melissa Frederick. Very excited to speak with her. Um, so yeah, looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Um, and you'll also have information as to how to reach Melissa as well in the description box below um, or wherever it's located on what you're watching the or listening to the podcast on. It'll be there. Tons of love to you all. I have here Melissa Frederick, and I invited her to come on for a bit because I wanted her input on um, these two questions that I have already um, spoken to Meg Ann about. And I just wanted Melissa, I just wanted Melissa's voice on, um, on this podcast in general, but I definitely wanted to ask her um, these two questions as well. Melissa Frederick um, uses her coaching, psychic and shamanic knowledge, trainings and gifts um, that she has carried for lifetimes to give others opportunities to heal their shadows in such a way that they feel seen and helped so that they can quantum leap into the woman that they, they deeply desire to become. 
Her desire is to help you align with your energy and emotions and to help you move forward as a shining bright light in the world. She's very, very powerful. I can attest to that. And um, her information will be in the descri description box below. So um, I did like 30 minutes or 40 minutes earlier, um, just like a, a part of the podcast, just solo, where just a few messages that were coming through real potently this past week has been just the power of silence and the power of our ability to walk away from our children, our partners and others in moments that we are really triggered and we are likely to react unconsciously. And then also just, I've just been deep, deeply feeling lately just how powerful that is and um, beneficial. And then also how love is all there is, but then also how like love is a choice. It's something that we have to continuously choose with our kids and our partners and just kind of how sometimes we can kind of be operating from this belief of oh that's my partner so i love them so i don't have to choose it all the time i just i love them or the same thing with our children but kind of how when we are not consciously choosing love daily that's kind of how we're susceptible to that reactivity and and whatnot so i wanted to ask you two questions the first one is what has your experience been with basically love being all there is and knowing that all is well and we're supported, but also realizing more and more that like we have to choose consciously too? How's that been? You? How's, what's your experience with that been in your relationships and with the kids? Yeah, so um, in general, I, I always kind of operate out of this like loving um, mentality, energy. I try to really, it's something that like, I've been working, I've been on the self-growth self-work path since I was, um, like 13 years old. So it's just been kind of like part of my life. And, um, and it's really interesting because, you know, in relationships that can get tested and, um, you know, I have seen that happen particularly with my son a lot. And, it is a choice. Right. And you, you got to think like, especially when you're talking about young kids, there, there's so much, um, we have such high expectations often, um, for our children. And we don't remember, we forget that they're little, their brains are still forming, you know, they are literally in a hypnotic state up until the age of like seven years old. Right. So there's this energetic kind of disconnect where they can't you know, they have big feelings. They can't quite comprehend all of it. They don't really, they're in little bodies. They don't really know how to, um, express it and hold those emotions, um, productively within themselves yet. Right. They're they're they, that's a tool that they're going to have to learn. Um, and you know, I, I, I have a tendency towards, like, I grew up in a home where there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of um, yelling. And so when I get triggered, that is often where I will go. Um, and, and it can be real quick. And so learning to tune into my emotions and just be aware of like, okay, how am I feeling in my body? Where is the energy running in my body right now? What do I need to do for myself to let this move through in a, safe and, um, nonviolent way, even if that looks like, like yelling at somebody. Right. Um, so oftentimes, you know, making the decision to walk away and go outside and like ground yourself and take some deep breaths, um, can really help to shift the energy. And then, and then the reality too, is that like when emotions are high, intelligence is low. So, 
you know, if we're trying to work through something with someone, this has come up a lot in my, my new relationship. Um, you know, I'm currently dating a man who's amazing and he's 10 years younger than me. So there's a lot of, um, he's a super old soul, but there's also this kind of like emotional intelligence piece that he's working on. And, um, and, you know, as I do the work, it's like more layers of the onion come up to be healed. And, um, you know, eventually I, you know, I'm, you know, I see myself getting to the place where like, I don't get nearly as triggered as I used to. Like I can feel it. I can, I can breathe through it and allow it to, um, move even when feeling really triggered and oftentimes just being quiet is helpful too. Um, you know, especially my relationship there's, he will like talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And there's, there's a, there's a realization too, that comes in where you're like, okay, this isn't mine either. Right. Like, and you, and you you become this, um, you know, it creates a boundary where, where you can be in this space where you can let that person vent and not take it on energetically. And so, um, that's like a practice that I'm really actively doing, you know, um, and working through, right. You know, working on right now. And it's just, it's really, it's really amazing how, how quickly things can shift just when one person is doing something. Um, and, there's a lot of, um, I mean, Michelle, you've been like amazing and in, in regards to like offering tools and teaching me, I mean, I don't, part of my relationship with Michelle, for those of you who don't know, is that I, I actually coached with her for almost a year, like nine months. Um, and we worked really deeply on my, um, my triggers and, you know, realizing that these, these triggers or as you say, opportunities for expansion arise, um, you come to a realization that all it is is energy. It's just old stuff that's being brought to the surface to be released. And if you're able to do it in a productive way, then, then you heal the wound. So rather than continuing in the vicious cycle, being able to step outside of it, say, okay, this is, this is what I know works for me. Um, this is what I, you know, learning about the other person. This is what I know works for you. Um, like I know working for me when I'm trying to communicate in a really high emotional state, it just doesn't go anywhere. Right. I get it. I get a nasty tone of voice. There's other stuff. So if I, if I can just give myself the space to like step away and like come to a more grounded place and then approach the situation with like my head on straight rather than, you know, spinning around, um, then you actually get somewhere and like there's forward movement made. Yeah, that's that was very, very powerful. And and um, it's funny because part of what you just shared is like a segue into it. The second question that I had for you was because the other thing, aside from love being all there is and and um, but love being also a, a conscious choice that we make daily with the people in our lives. The other thing that, that I had been really feeling into and processing and experiencing more deeply this past these past couple of weeks has been the power of silence. So you had kind of mm-hmm. you had kind of alluded to that with um, regarding like with your partner and, and just in general about how like the, the space that's kind of created when you when you don't choose to like do the silent treatment as like to, to vindictive or spiteful, but just like this is not mine and I can silence, you know. 
I can just seep into this silence that's already here in the present moment and let them Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's been something that I've been really, really enjoying doing more of with my own child. And just, it's just, it doesn't get old. It's like every time it's, it's more and more palpable and powerful and, and, deepens the realization that like, well it is it it is it doesn't give the other person power right like when you when you engage when you get all activated then you're giving away your power to that mm-hmm. person so when yeah when you choose to step into the silence then you're holding your power mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they benefit from that because then they mm-hmm. have no other choice but to meet you in your peace when they're right. ready it's like it's like the ultimate it's like the ultimate love right it's like um not being stepped on or being weak or power <laughs> at all it's like the ultimate love in that we are aware that you're processing however that looks but we're and we're going to be here when you shoot when you come when you elevate and come out of it we're not going to shame and blame you for it because we know we both know what it's like to be uh to process too and for it to be messy and to be ugly Mm -hmm. and like to be yeah i i know very well about you know my capacity to be enraged and, and all of that so um so I feel, I, I even feel as though those of us who have experienced serious rage and aggression and anger, I feel like when we start to really have fun with the silence and stuff, it's like, it's even more magical to us. Cause it's like, we know what it's like to be like, F this silence. I'm about to rage, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And it becomes almost like a rewiring, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and it's needed, right? Like we are currently, we live in a world where there's a lot of hatred going on right now. Um, on multiple levels, you know, even in homes because of, um, everything that's just going on and yeah, being in love, being in that love vibration is what is so necessary. And, and it's not about like ignoring the shadows, right. And like Mm -hmm. just saying, oh, those don't exist, but it's about, you know, processing through those moving through it and choosing to respond and, um, act just from a place of love as often as you can. And we're going to mess up. We're human, right? So like, we're going to mess up and we can't be too hard on ourselves. I'm, re- I'm really good at being too hard on myself. Um, and that's also something that like I actively work on. Um, and it's good to mess yeah. up, right? It's good to yeah. mess up because it, the reason I feel like it's good for us to mess up to quote unquote mess up because we're really just growing. But like the reason right, that I think learn. it's good for us to mess up is because we, if we didn't, we wouldn't get those moments to exercise our self-compassion and self-forgiveness muscles, right? And like the more right. that we can, the more that we can forgive ourselves and be compassionate with ourselves, the easier it is for us to do it with our kids. So okay. it's almost like that reactivity or those moments of quote unquote seemingly backtracking are super beneficial when we see it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and it gives up the, us the opportunity to be like, oh, this is also, uh, this is still here. This is still coming up for me. So like. Hella humbling. Okay. It's very humbling. Yeah. It's very, in case we're ever like on our high horse, like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm like a walking Buddha, right? Like, like <laughs> the reactivity is so fun because it's like, uh, I'm human. I'm right. human. <laughs> anyway. right. yeah. um, and that humbling, those humbling moments even if they're subtle, right? I feel like those mom, the, those triggers, even if it's a subtle one, it can be, it's, it's, a, it's such a nice humbling moment to like bring us down into our humanity in case we're just like really soaring on those bliss levels or joy levels. It's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that we can be, we can relate to our children who are um, thriving in their humanity and just, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
So my other question was, was you actually touched on it, but it was going to be, it really was going to be, um, have you experienced silence being very beneficial, just basking in that silence here and there throughout your days being beneficial for you, yourself, your kids, your partner. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do a lot of self-care and I try to give myself a lot like the space and it's really important. You know, we all need it. Um, especially as women and mothers, like we give so much, we need to remember to give to ourselves. Um, and so, you know, taking that time, even if, even if it's not in a triggering moment, just like taking that space, um, during the day when you can, yeah. Um, is really important. Totally. Nice. Nice. So, um, hoarding, is there anything that you wanted to share with anybody who might, um, uh, be attracted to this particular episode and hear your lovely expression. Is there any offerings or anything you're doing currently? Yeah, um, actually I have a program, a mastermind that I am currently launching and it's called luminosity and it's a six week program where it's going to be like, there's a lot included. Um, but we're going to be weekly for six weeks and there's each each week there's going to be a different topic. We start kind of at the body and in your space, like in the most, the root, the ground, more grounded energies, um, to like clear, clear out, um, tune in, tap in, create lighter space in your body, in your home. Um, you know, really start listening, like tuning in and listening to your needs in that way on that kind of really base level. And then, um, moving up into like the higher frequencies, we're going to do some shamanic journeying where you will be, um, connecting with your higher self and creating a relationship with that energy so that you can, um, like have an active relationship to your intuition and be hearing and tapping in and, um, able to like move forward from a place that in life that really is authentic to you. Um, and then, um, and then there's also going to be a human design aspect. Um, and then at each call, there will be coaching, one-on-one coaching time um, for each person, as well as a, um, a shamanic journey and sound bath at the end to like close it out. Um, and then there's also two 45-minute one-on-one healing sessions with me. Um, and then we also have a rolling group boxer chat. So it's going to be like full support for six weeks. Um, there's also an option to add a mushroom microdosing. Um, if that's something that you're interested or in need of, and that right now there's an early bird going for seven, seven, seven. Um, I'm closing the doors on March 22nd in regards to the start date. I really want to work it around everybody's schedule. So, um, and the, and the timeline and everything is I'm flexible. And so I want to make sure that for those people who are participating, um, that they feel like, you know, it's doable for everybody. So once the doors close, then I'll be connecting with everybody and setting a specific start date and, um, times so that everybody can put in their feedback. So it's just going to be a really fantastic container of, um, self-care and growth and, um, yeah. So you can like really walk forward in love, bright and shiny and, um, have really good tools 
on how to like work through the shadows. I've got um, trauma coaching experience as well. So there's going to, there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of content, a lot of tools, a lot of coaching, a lot of healing. Um, it's just going to be really all encompassing. And so, yeah. Oh, and then you can, I mean, you can always work on work with me one-on-one. I do also offer like a six week um, one-on-one container that's just healing. And then I offer just sound baths as well. Um, but yeah, right now, luminosity is kind of like the main thing. I love it. So, um, and then I'm also going to have your email, I mean, your, um, your website and everything in the description as well. So like, even if people listen to this um, and get to hear your, your lovely expression after March 22nd, they'll still be able to connect. So awesome. Uh, thank you very, very much for sharing, um, for sharing love. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. So grateful to have been able to speak with those beautiful women, you know, Love is all there is. Love is all there is. But at the same time, it's a choice. And it's a choice we don't have to make. (laughs) We're free. We don't have to make it. But it's fun when we do. Very rewarding when we do. And when we don't, just another opportunity for us to double down on the self-compassion, self-forgiveness, and to keep getting back up and and choosing love again.